0: We'd be the one that you drove the wheels off
1: of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked until Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: Hour two on a Wednesday for Pushing the Odds here on Sirius XM. Channel 204, Matt Peralt with you. How are you? You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt. You can follow the show on Twitter at Pushing the Odds. Coming up at 40 past, we'll talk to Justin Peary. He... Covers Major League Baseball from a betting perspective. Take a look at the games coming up tonight. And then what are we going to do about the sticky stuff? Or the lack thereof, by the way. The lack thereof the sticky stuff. That's what we've seen the first two days. Monday, Tuesday, Major League Baseball can check players, can check pitchers, and you can be suspended for 10 days with pay if you are found to be using a foreign substance to gain grip on a baseball. We've yet to see one. We'll talk about that coming up in the opening line and what I think may be the solution for baseball, because right now it is not working. But what else is not working is the Vegas Golden Knights effort against the Montreal Canadiens. And look, we've got to give credit here to Montreal and what they have done. And not just the goaltending, because Kerry Price is a Hall of Famer and he's been tremendous, but it's also just the defensive effort for Montreal. They They are able to get odd man rushes like crazy against this Golden Knights team because their defense pinch. And when they pinch in, they give up odd man rushes way too often. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. Vegas was pressing. I actually thought Vegas would be comfortable coming back home tied 2-2. They weren't. They were nervous, and they really played a sloppy game. And credit to the Canadiens, they get to go home now to the Bell Center where they're 1-1-1 against Vegas. They won the first game, lost the second game in overtime, but they have a chance to advance to the Stanley Cup Finals coming up. And look, I don't think Montreal can get past Tampa. And I think Tampa winds up winning tonight and they advance. And I think it's going to be Tampa and Montreal in the Cup Final. And I I just think Tampa is a much better team. They're a better team than Vegas. I I I, I was going to bet Tampa against Vegas going into the Stanley Cup Finals if that's what we were going to see. I have a ticket, you know, a small wager at plus five fifty on Vegas to win the Stanley Cup. But I, I don't think Vegas right now has the consistent pieces that you need. And I think Mark Stone is hurt. It's, it's the only thing I can come up with. Mark Stone is such a big catalyst, the captain for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's such a big weapon for them. And he has been... Gone, just not even close. Yes, Montreal has done a great job of taking Mark Stone out of the series, but it's more than that. He just he doesn't look right. His his skating is not the same. His hand eye coordination. I mean, the turnover for the third goal last night was awful. I mean, just things you don't expect to see from Mark Stone, and he gave up that odd man rush again. And the Canadiens have been taking. You know, advantage of the opportunities that they have been given. And it's, you know, it's it's impressive to see. Now, look, the series could come back to Vegas for a game seven. That's possible. But unless Vegas can figure out and, and you know, can play with a lot more energy and a lot more heart, uh, look, I, I, I don't think that Montreal had a big advantage by playing. You know, in the North Division, and, and I don't believe that they lack of travel means that they are healthier or they have you know younger legs or whatever it might be. I'm not making excuses like that. I, I just think Montreal right now is the hungrier team. They're the younger team, and for whatever reason, Vegas has struggled dramatically. In clutch moments, when it comes to stopping Montreal, now they've had their own clutch moments. I mean, they have won two games where it's been really impressive down the stretch, last minute plays, the overtime winning game four. Mine comes to mind quickly as to what they were able to do. If Vegas can somehow force a game seven and force it back to Las Vegas, it's possible, but it's going to need it's, it's going to take a total team effort. And for whatever reason, Vegas has to figure out why they start games so incredibly slowly. And that has been really, I think, the biggest reason why they're down three games to two. The first 10 minutes of every game so far in this series has been won by the Montreal Canadiens. And when the game, when they score, they win. So Montreal has dominated, but when they don't score, Vegas can win the game. But when they do score, Vegas has lost all three games. And it's going to be a huge key tomorrow night. For Vegas to not allow a goal in the first 10 minutes because if they do I think it's over and Montreal has that incredible confidence Vegas has no confidence on the power play they have no confidence that they can get the puck in the right places or to get through the neutral zone without having real problems and Vegas just is not skating like a team that believes they can score consistently against Montreal if they go down now, look, it, they went down one nothing in game four, and they came back, they got a goal, went to overtime, and Nicolas Waugh put it in in two minutes into overtime, and they won. That's how they forced, you know, 2-2 back to Vegas. They're still alive, and that's, you know, <laughs> I guess a good thing, but they're now dogs. And for the first time in this series, Montreal, who initially were monster underdogs going into this series, the biggest dog in the last 31 years at this round in the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're now favored. And how does Montreal handle that? I don't think all that. You know, I don't think it's a big of a deal. The Montreal is going to be favored. I think they feel like they should have been favored to be get to, to going into it because of how confident they've been with their style of play and with their game plan. Vegas needs to change something up. I don't know what it is, and it's not the goaltender. That was not Mark Andre Fleury's fault last night. That was the defense. That was the offense. You can't win if you can't score, and you can't score if you don't shoot. And Vegas didn't shoot enough. Vegas didn't have enough high-danger opportunities. And from the first goal that was just, you know, a bad break for Vegas in terms of the puck just sitting there and nobody clearing it, nobody paying attention, to the Mark Stone goal turnover that led to the goal, it's just been a debacle, an absolute debacle for the Vegas Golden Knights. Can they win the series still? Yeah, probably. I guess so. Do I think they will? No, I don't. I think they've got real problems, and there's going to be a lot of questions about what happened to this Vegas Golden Knights team against this Montreal Canadiens team. It's going to be fun to see what happens tomorrow night if Vegas can potentially force a Game 7. More to come.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: to Pushing the Odds.
0: Powered by O'Reilly Auto Parts and Rocket Mortgage. And now, out of Las Vegas,
2: Nevada, by way of Boston, Massachusetts, here he is, Matt Carroll. Appreciate it, Mr. Buffer. It's Pushing the Odds on a Wednesday. We will get to some conversations probably not now, probably in a little bit. And next week on Connor versus Poirier 3. That fight happening. Uh well, I'm only on one day next week. I'm on next Friday. And that is going to be I'm on vacation. Oh, hold on, let me look at the schedule. i'm I'm forgetting the calendar here. I'm getting my days mixed up. no, so i'm I'm off. Yeah, that fights in three weeks. so i'm I'm on Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. and then I'm off on the first, second, fifth, sixth, and seventh, and the eighth. And then I'm back on for the ninth. We're back on for the fight happening on July the tenth. So maybe we'll do a little little MMA stuff tomorrow and next week, but you know, Colby Covington's back in the news. I can't stand talking about Colby Covington, but fine. <laughs> like He's back in the news making comments about who he should fight next, and he's going to get a shot. Nate Diaz is talking, and I hope that we see Diaz and Kamaru Usman fight. That would be incredible. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would love it. I just don't know how much Nate, you know, can Nate beat Usman? I don't know. That's... Eh. And I'm gonna say no to that. I don't think he'll be able to beat Kamara Usman. But I'm I'm happy for Nate. Nate wants big fights, and I think essentially, I think the Conor fights most likely for Nate. I think if Nate loses to Poirier on the 10th of July, I think the next I think the next fight for Conor would be the Nate Diaz trilogy. And I think Conor's time fighting for belts is probably over, and he probably winds up fighting for you know big ticket fights and he'll make a lot of money doing it and he'll still be a very big draw very similar to Nate Diaz you know being a a marketable fighter and someone that will make a lot of money for the company but you know d- fighting for belts is probably over for uh for Connor if he loses coming up on July 10th so there's a lot riding on that fight for Connor McGregor if he wins it most likely he's going to be in line to for, for a title a title shot next so uh, we'll see where, where that goes. But Dustin Poirier, man. Ooh, I don't know. I love Connor, but mm. <laughs> Poirier, I think it's gonna be a very difficult, difficult fight for Connor, as we saw in the second matchup. Alright, so it's still 2-0 Spain. It's still one-nothing Sweden. We'll watch those games in the Euros and pass along any scoring updates that may or may not happen. We start this hour with the four stories, the big ones we're covering for you. This is the hard four.
1: It's time for the hard four on Pushing the Odds with Matt Peralt.
2: Well, the Phoenix Suns made a play for the ages last night with .9 seconds to go. They win game two of the Western Conference Finals, but the final two minutes of that game took 33 actual minutes to complete. That is unacceptable by any standards. But on one of those reviews, it gave Monty Williams and the Suns enough time to drop an amazing play at the rim. Suns down one after two missed free throws by Paul George. It is the only play they could make. Throw the ball to the rim and watch the big man go up and get it. ESPN on the call.
0: Crowder will inbound. Cousins waving his arms. Not an easy inbound with that big body in front of you. Crowder looking, throws it alley Oh! Aiden puts it down!
1: He puts it down!
0: Trying to say goaltending, but that's a live basketball. He can finish it. What a perfectly executed play. Ayton guides it in beautifully. What an incredible job by Monty Williams designing that play to perfection.
2: Goal for Spain, 3-0. The over hits in that game, unfortunately, if you were on the under there in the 55th minute. But what a play call by Monty Williams. Oh, my. And we learned a little bit about the lesson, right? (laughs) We learned about what exactly was going on at the rim on an inbounds play. You just got to touch it. There is no goaltending. Great play. More on it later. Number two, MLB has got a real problem on their hands. The foreign substance rule, two days in is a mess all over the league we saw pitchers getting checked multiple times in their anger their frustration basically undressing themselves showing that they were not using any sticky stuff on their body it boiled over in the philadelphia phillies and washington nationals game where max scherzer was checked three different times was found nothing on his body whatsoever he ended up staring down joe girardi when he left the mound in the fifth it emptied the benches nearly a fight after the game the Phillies manager getting ejected, and after the game, the Nationals pitcher basically saying he has to be an idiot to use a foreign substance right now, given where we are with baseball.
1: Did you view his decision as performative or an actual like baseball thing? I don't know. It, it, I'm not. I'm not just going to get into it. It's just it is what it is. It, you know, just for me, it, it's it, when you look at the, how the game unfolded and and you specifically that at bat. Um, you know, I, I don't. And for me, I, I don't think, <laughs> I'd have to be an absolute fool to actually use something tonight when everybody's intent is out of, you know, everybody's intent is, you know, so far out, to look for anything. So, you know, it is what it is, whatever, turn the page, move on.
2: Goal for Sweden, now 2 nothing Sweden over the polls in the 59th minute. More on this sticky story in the opening line. Number three, yesterday we told you about Wander Franco making his Major League debut for the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, it was quite the debut. He came to the plate with two on in the fifth, his team down 5-2 to the Boston Red Sox and the number one prospect in Major League Baseball showed he is quite ready for the show.
0: Two men on and suddenly with Wander Franco up there representing the potential tying run, there's a little life to the raise now and he swings hits it high and deep and gone home run
1: Broncos
0: first in the big leagues will tie this game
2: fourth and finally game one of the Eastern Conference Finals is tonight Atlanta is catching eight points on the road against Milwaukee but Brendan's real happy his Detroit Pistons got some good news last night for the first time since 1970 The Detroit Pistons will have the number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft. It looks like Kate Cunningham is headed to Detroit. ESPN calling out the number and the the rule and the ping pong ball for the Pistons. The second pick will be made by
1: the Houston Rockets. And that means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit
2: Pistons. We'll see what they do with it. looks like Kate Cunningham at Oklahoma State will be the pick. It's a pretty deep top 10 of the NBA draft, but the Pistons having the number one pick. Those are our four big stories for us here on a Wednesday. 702 751 Matt, the text line 702-751-6288. We will get into this during the opening line. Oh, my, goal for Poland. Well, there's a, there goes the under in that game. So 2-1 Poland, or Sweden rather, as Poland scores. So now we have a 3-0 game with Spain, over two and a half hits. And a 2-1 game now for Sweden. Poland wakes up. They put a goal in. And now it's the over two and a half in that game as well. So quite a bit of scoring going on here. It was a one-on-three run for Poland. Heck of a bender there by the Polish forward. And it's a goal in the upper 90. That's a heck of a goal there for Poland. So we've seen some funky plays here so far with Euro 2020 in Group E action. And don't, I guess, don't count out Poland just yet here in this match coming up against Sweden. But, you know, when you have players who are coming off the field last night in Major League Baseball, and they are completely disgusted about being checked multiple times and having to explain themselves and show they're not using any substance, It's clear that it was a psychological game. I mean, Joe Girardi, it was a psychological thing he was doing last night to Max Scherzer. And after the Dodger game last night, I really thought Clayton Kershaw had a great comment. We'll play it for you coming up next about a penalty. Because in hockey, if you try to review for goalie interference, if you challenge a goal call, you get a two-minute penalty. There has to be something negative that happens to umpires. Sorry, to coaches who are wrong for requesting an umpire to check a pitcher. We'll do it next year in the opening line.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: and the opening line starts now
0: you take a look here at what Sergio Romo was dealing with he was a little bit heated there after the performances
2: he's immediately thrown off the belt the glove the hat everything he literally stripped on the field umpires came over wanted to check him for a sticky substance threw off the hat threw off the glove took off the belt took off the pants Like, what are we doing? Joe Kelly, Dodgers reliever, when the umpires came up to him last night to inspect him, he took off his goggles and said, look at these. And and they're like, no, 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 we don't need those. He goes, "No, no, no, these are sick. You need to look at these. Like, the pitchers are making a mockery of this. They are laughing at this. Jacob deGrom got checked three times during his start on Monday. Max Scherzer got got checked three times on his start on Tuesday. I agree with Max. If you're dumb enough to use something right now, you need to go get your head checked. Like, you're not intelligent. Everyone is paying attention to this. No one is using anything. Now, this will die down. But I do believe that baseball needs to think it through when it comes to how this is going to be implemented it cannot be multiple checks it can't happen there needs to be a limit and there needs to be a penalty if you are wrong for accusing someone of cheating right now there is no ramification for it at all you go to the umpire say hey can you go check them do it once they check it in the first inning. Now in the third inning, hey, could you go check them? Do me a favor. Go and check that out. It doesn't make any sense. It really, one, it's a psychological game, and it's not fair to a pitcher who is being accused multiple times during the same game by a manager that may or may not have any evidence or knowledge or anything to sus- to suspect A pitcher is using a substance on their hand. It has gone way over the top very quickly in 48 hours, and there's got to be clarity. And there needs to be clarity like today as to what's going to happen. In hockey, if you say, I believe goalie interference happens, I want you to go and review that goal. And you're wrong. You're given a two-minute minor penalty. You give up a power play right away. There needs to be some type of penalty that in in the NFL, timeouts are so valuable that if you're wrong on a challenge, when you throw the challenge flag, you lose a timeout. Well, what is the equivalent in baseball? I think the equivalent in baseball is an out. That if you're a manager and you challenge or want a pitcher to be tested – If you're wrong, the guy at the plate, he's out, okay? So pitcher's on the mound. You could have your leadoff hitter. You could have your number nine hitter in the National League. could be your pitcher who's at the mound, who's at the plate. If you go to the umpire and say, I want him checked, and if that pitcher does not have anything on his body that's illegal, you give up the out right there. The guy who's at the plate is out. There has to be a penalty. There has to be some type of punishment for accusing somebody of cheating and then being wrong. Clayton Kershaw brought this up last night following his start, that you can't just do this whenever you want, however way you want it. There's got to be some type of penalty and punishment for managers and coaches that are accusing somebody of cheating and then finding out that they're wrong. They're not cheating. Kershaw last night.
1: They're just doing their job. They are told what to do. Um, you know, I think it's a little weird. And uh, I think it's just kind of a funny look in general. But I guess, I guess that's what they want. So we'll do it. And I, I will say this. I say, you know, how Girardi checked Scherzer or called him out. I think there should be a punishment if they don't catch anything on the guy. Because... I think that Scherzer, you know, he's one of the best pitchers of our generation. And um, to see him get checked, and I think it was first and third situation, or guys on base and mess up his rhythm, I think he ended up getting out of it. But you better, you better find something if you're going to call him out like that. So um, maybe there should be, like, a punishment if a manager checks a guy and there isn't anything or something like that. But other than that, it is what it is. It's whatever.
2: There has to be an in-game punishment. There cannot be... There cannot be a fine, like, hey, you check someone's wrong, $5,000 fine. No, 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 no. It's got to be a game situation. If you're going to interject this accusation against a pitcher and screw up his rhythm and make him take his hat off, take his glove off, you may confiscate his glove, you may have him change his hat. I mean, Max Scherzer had to change his hat last night. If you're going to make a pitcher do all that, there has to be some penalty for the accuser otherwise we're going to see this all summer and it's going to be horrific it's going to be weaponized and it's not going to be fun it's not what it's going to be intended to do the idea is to get the substances out of the game not create a stoppage where if an ace is rolling you have an opportunity to break up that rhythm by making him go and undress on the mound and it's a really awkward look. When Sergio Romo took his pants off, it's like, wait a minute, it's like, hold on a second. Like, we don't need these dudes to strip on the on the field. It looks awful. It's an embarrassing look. And I don't blame the pitchers for doing it. Because you're angry, they're angry at Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred. They're angry that the that the commissioner has not thought this through and has not seen what could happen once they've come down and said in the middle of the year, if you do this, if you're caught using substances, it's a 10-game suspension, and we've got to get substances out of the game. I like the fact that we're already seeing scoring go up. We're already seeing averages go up. So ultimately, Rob Manfred's right. This move by baseball ultimately is right. The problem is... How do you catch and what do you do in-game? The idea of making it harder or taking this substance out of the game, the spider tact and whatever, I'm all about that, okay? Spin rate and this is not about getting a grip on the baseball. This is about actually becoming a different pitcher by spinning the ball much faster and making the baseball do unnatural things. I'm all for that coming out of the game. But that's not what's going on, at least over the first first two days. That's not what we're seeing. We're just seeing managers going, okay, check him, and okay, check him, and okay, check him. And the pitchers are mad. Max Scherzer was really mad yesterday, and he let it be known that who he's really mad at.
0: How does it feel for you, a veteran that has pitched for so long, to be essentially called a cheater from another manager?
1: I don't know this, this, these are Manfred rules. I mean go ask him you know, what he wants to do with this. I, I, I've said enough. you know go lose, go ask Alec Baum how he feels about ninety five as face. I, I, I don't need to say anything more about this.
2: I mean, are you kidding me? Those are Manfred rules. I mean to the pitcher is just straight up calling out the commissioner during a press conference. go ask him. these are his rules. These are our rules. I was talking about the guy, you know, Scherzer had a lost control of the baseball and threw 95 at a guy's head and apologized for it. It wasn't meaning to do it, but it happened. Getting a grip on the baseball is one thing. Max Scherzer, according to Joe Girardi, he had never seen him go to his head before. That's why he accused him of using a substance, that he had something on his head. Ah, okay. What? Sweat? <laughs> you know, did he put bullfrog in the in his hat? Did he put bullfrog spray on his on his hair? Did he put spider tack on his scalp? I mean what? He's a really good pitcher. It had more to do with getting him off his rhythm than it did actually accusing him of being a cheater. I don't think Joe Girardi thought that. Max Scherzer was using anything last night. I think he realized he was in a tight baseball game, a 3-2 game that won the final was 3-2. It's a tight game against a divisional rival, and you're trying to throw a really good pitcher off of his game. Try to make him angry, make him not be as focused as he should be. And that's not what we're trying to do here. That's not the point of the rule. The point of the rule is not to throw off a starting pitcher. The point of the point of the rule is to actually stop pitchers from using illegal substances. But they didn't think this through. They didn't go, well, what happens if someone's accused and they don't have anything on their body? You should have one chance to do this. You should have one. And I know what baseball is worried about. Okay, so say you accuse somebody in the second inning. You, you go and check the pitcher. He's clean. Well, then in the third inning, he knows he's not going to get checked. He can then go add something to his hands or to his body, and he can use it after he gets accused, right? That's why baseball doesn't want to limit it just to one accusation because they don't want the pitchers to be able to say, oh, I got checked. Now I can go and throw something on my body, and you can't do anything about it. But there needs to be a penalty if you want to have multiple challenges, multiple checks during a game, there's got to be something that happens when you're wrong. There's got to be, and I think the most punitive is by saying, the guy at the plate is out. Regardless of what happens, the guy at the plate, I don't know how you handle the stat and whatnot, but the guy at the plate, you've now dropped down to 26 outs. Regardless of the uh, of the score, situation, and the, and the guy at the plate, whatever the count is, they're out. And so if you're a manager, you better be really comfortable with where you are in that game to be able to make that accusation. I think if you if you're wrong twice, not only is the person at the plate out, the person at the plate gets ejected. There has to be something really punitive for this. And if not the player at the plate, the coach gets ejected. You get one challenge if you're wrong. The guy at the plate's out. Second challenge, wrong again. Manager, you're ejected. Because right now, this is not good for baseball. It's a bad, bad look. Let's talk some baseball betting, the slate tonight.
1: we are listening to Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt.
2: All right, so let's continue the conversation when it comes to the sticky stuff, but also how does it impact betting here? Because obviously we're looking at overs potentially being higher, certain teams' spin rate and whatnot as to where these pitchers are. Let's talk to Justin Peary from Sportsline here on Pushing the Odds. Justin, Matt Peralt, how are you? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for coming on. Okay, so we're only two days into this, but are you watching totals? Do you think there's an opportunity here for more scoring to happen in Major League Baseball and maybe the book's not correcting fast enough?
1: You know, yeah, I've definitely been watching this. It's obviously something that I think the entire baseball community has its eyes on right now. Uh, I'm really interested in the elevated injury rates and what that's going to do for totals. But yeah, I think the overs are going to creep up on us a little bit. You were also sort of coinciding with this summer heat with these summer months coming up. So I think the two factors combined that you might see the books a little slow to adjust.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I think, I forget which pitcher left the game with a blister yesterday, but I I think you're right about that. I think there's a real possibility for pitchers with finger injuries because of the lack of substance and the lack of calluses on their fingers where blisters could become a problem. Summer heat, humidity as well, factored in as well when it comes to a pitcher's grip on the baseball. So do you think we're going to see more injuries over the next couple of weeks? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so it was Max freed, I believe who went down yesterday with the uh, blister for the Braves. So what's happening, right, is that they use the spider tack, the sticky stuff to get an easier grip on the ball. You don't have to hold it as hard in your hand in order to get that same rip off of your fingers. So, you know, we're going to see pitchers sort of adjusting and they need to grip it a lot harder, but there's going to be more stress going up the entire forearm into the elbow. You've seen Shane Bieber hit the DL. You've seen, um, Glass now is injured now, too. So we have a couple big names that are there's going to be a plethora of problems by changing the tack on the baseball midseason.
2: Yeah, And that was something that Tyler Glass now directly accused baseball, saying he got hurt because of the fact that he could not put substances on for grip on the baseball. now he looking at potentially Tommy John surgery if they're going to try to rehab it first, but maybe Tommy John in his future due to it. You know, when you look at rookies coming up, last year the White Sox had a couple of really incredible rookies come up and, and play well. But debut last night for Wando Franco, first game, three run home run, tied the game. Ultimately, Red Sox won the game in 11. But, you know, w- when it comes to a betting market, w- w- what do you make of Wando Franco's
1: ability to win the rookie of the year this year? Uh, You know, that's, that one's going to be a little tough for me. I haven't really been keyed into that race too much. I mean, he's going to come in with this bang. He's supposed to be really highly, you know, touted. He's going to get a lot of opportunity um, in this lineup. You know, they don't have exactly the best hitting lineup in baseball, but the Mm -hmm. Rays are pretty consistent. So they're going to get opportunities for him. They play a little bit more of a small ball style. So they're going to really appreciate his bats. So if he can start driving in RBIs and and, and get past some of the other rookies in in baseball, yeah, I don't see why he doesn't make a, a little run at it. I don't hate maybe sprinkling on some odds there.
2: So the Red Sox and the Rays play again here tonight, and the Rays have lost seven consecutive games. That's one reason why they brought up Wander Franco, because, well, they lost six straight. They lost again last night. you got Rich Hill on the mound here against Garrett Richards. Richards' spin rate is interesting, Justin, I mean, I've been watching and wondering. Okay, when do I want to fade Garrett Richards because of the the, the rules and the Spider tack situation and the spin rate? I like the over eight and a half. I didn't bet it. It's now nine. But what do you make of Boston and Tampa? Can the Rays snap their seven-game losing streak tonight?
1: Yeah, so I know that uh, one of my uh, counterparts at Sportsline uh, is going to be on the raise to break the streak tonight. I don't have a personal feeling. I didn't. I thought the line was pretty accurate in terms of the money line, but I do agree with you in terms of the over. I played it at eight and a half. I believe that nine of the last ten meetings between these two teams have seen the total go over. So this is uh, usually a pretty, you know, heavy battle in terms of the bats coming to play. Uh, you know, looking at. Uh, Rich Hill, his spin rates have been pretty high. I do expect, you know, a minor tip. Uh, this is going to be an interesting start for him against this offense. Again, the, the Boston side has also seen a pretty big hit to their team ERA. Mm. Uh, people sort of speculating about Alex Cora, who, you know, has had little run-ins with uh, bending the rules in the last couple of years.
0: <laughs>
1: just a couple <laughs> just a, couple. <laughs> just a couple of problems hey do
2: you look to get the Diamondbacks on your slate at all I mean they snapped their, their, their awful losing streak I mean they, they didn't do well last night but are they just the worst team in baseball or do they have something that maybe they're due to have a little
1: bit of a positive regression here to all the losing Yeah, it's an interesting question. So I was watching that streak pretty closely over the last couple weeks. Uh, You know, they just last night was the first game they'd won since I believe it was June first. So pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, but there is a good level of sharp money coming in on the Diamondbacks for a good portion of that streak. So there's there's some groups out there that really do think they have something to offer. I don't think that starts tonight. I mean, they have a pretty rough uh, matchup. I'm actually going against them per- personally. Uh, Woodruff, I believe he has the third or best weighted on base average of any pitcher in baseball that has faced 150 or more batters, Um, you know, he's just, uh, he's pretty good, this guy. So I I think they're going to have a tough time with him. If you, you know, are looking to get a little action on that game. I don't hate like playing them on the first five, the Brewers, maybe on the run line in order to get good odds and a nice chance to back this pretty good pitcher.
2: All right, Justin, this is the game of the night for me. And I I didn't bet it last night because I want to make sure that Otani actually is going to start in this game, given how often he gets scratched from starts. But we've got Gosman for the Giants, who's been outstanding, most likely would be the starting pitcher for the All-Star game if we had it tomorrow. And Shoatani, who is incredible and most likely the MVP right now in the American League for what he has been able to do over the last week and a half. It's been just incredible. Minus 102 at FanDuel. Angels a little bit underpriced, I think, at home here. Giants minus 116, but any feeling on Giants-Angels tonight?
1: I mean, these are some of the best offenses in baseball right now. I think it's been really cool to see the Angels produce, even with Mike Trout on the on the bench sort of healing and recovering here. Uh, they've had some really nice hitting performances over the last couple of weeks. I was actually surprised to see them get blanked last night. Um Scolafani has been a lot better on the road, so he kept that up. But tonight, Gaussman, like you said, he's been on fire. I mean, we're looking at a guy who you know, his stuff ranks in the top 10 percentile of expected ERA expected weighted on base average uh, top 10 percentile and chase rate. So yeah, this is the game of the night for me too. I, I think I like a contrarian overplay just because mm. of how good the offenses have offenses have been. Um, but yeah, I mean, when Galson gets hit, he kind of gets hit hard. Right. But um, you know, that, that max exit velocity is is pretty high, but that's how he's always been. That's how he's always been. And, and he's killing it right now. So, yeah, this one was a little bit of a stay away. I definitely lean over in sort of a contrarian way. It's um, going to be a great one to watch. I think the the Giants probably pull it out, though, just as they did last night.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see this game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Are you fading the Baltimore Orioles? I know people here in Vegas who are almost like blindly betting against Baltimore right now. Astros on the road here against the, against Baltimore it's pretty heavy on the money line, but you know maybe on the run line you jump on the Astros here. Orioles are really, really bad. How do you feel about Baltimore? and then what
1: about Astros, Orioles tonight? Yeah, no, uh, you sort of took the words out of my mouth. I'm I'm definitely on the fade Baltimore train. My advice for anyone who wants to sort of take part in that type of a trend is to play the lines as early as possible, right? Like if you go and you play an opening line, run line against the Baltimore Orioles, you're going to be getting it before all of that traction and the books start to adjust. Uh, I was actually just sort of taking a look at that. I, I do sit down and I make picks at like 1.30 in the morning on the mm. East Coast to try to like get that sort of small advantage. I believe that I got the Astros last night, like minus minus one thirty on the run line. So, you know, it's moved like 15, 20 cents. Um, You know, so I'll take it. I will take it. Um, And, and I'm, I'm fading them. You know, I, I think even more so, if you really want to go with one, I've been fading Matt Harvey all year. Yes, uh, that's, that's a pretty easy one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's Matt Harvey Day. We call it here in in Vegas whenever yeah. he's pitching. It becomes Matt Harvey Day. It's just like, oh, Matt Harvey's still pitching in Major League Baseball. Oh, his ERA is what? Oh, okay. I mean, I don't know how the Orioles keep running him out there, but I mean, I guess they don't feel like they have any other options. They have to keep yeah. running Matt Harvey every five days. Mm-hmm. But uh, the betters will take it. I mean, it's it's almost a guarantee every time to get to get W. Yeah, it's fun to watch.
1: I got one more play. guy like that. Actually, I got one more guy like that, that I'm fading tonight. I'm fading off Folty for the Rangers. Yeah. He actually has the worst uh, expected slugging in the league. And that's not like all he's the worst at. I do also think he has bottom like legitimate out of every single qualified pitcher on baseball. Savant Fulty has the worst weighted on base average, the worst expected isolated strength and the worst expected slugging. So he's just been getting. Lit up, and when he's not, it's been luck. So I'm I'm on Oakland in this one too on the run line. I think that they repeat what we saw last night and put a good deal of runs on this Texas Rangers staff. How
2: about that? You can get plus money at Fanduel right now on the run line for Oakland at plus 102. All right, yeah. Justin. Last, last game, Dodgers Padres. Awesome rivalry. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so fun watching these two teams play. You got Bauer and Musgrove, great starting pitchers here. You know. Padres are small favorite at home, minus 112. The total is seven and a half, so a really low total for these offenses. Any thoughts on Dodgers Padres tonight?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm gonna sort of go and, and back the sweep here for the Padres. I think that Bauer has sort of had some issues on the road, and the Padres are kind of coming back into themselves a little bit. We've seen some decent offensive production from them. Again, I, I like the under. Uh, I'm not playing anything. I don't have any any plays up on this game because I'm going to sit back and sort of watch especially with the series already decided. You don't really know if if the Padres are going to, you know, send everyone out there or take Machado out in the 7th inning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to sort of let that one ride. Maybe play the under if I if I really wanted to take some action on it. So are the A's run line is that your favorite play of the night? It is. That is definitely my favorite play of the night. I also don't hate the Brewers' run line. <laughs> Pretty nice one. The Brewers, yeah. I mean, look, fading the
2: Diamondbacks, fading the Orioles, eh, it's just kind of like even even the Rockies too, right? Fading the Rockies right now, in particular on the road. Yeah. The Rockies are so bad
1: on, on the road. Man, I uh, I took a loss on the run line, though, on them last night. I had them both money line and run line, and they kept it close. So that, I think that changes tonight, though.
2: Yeah, they're actually favored tonight, which is kind of wild. They're favored against the Mar- the Mariners, which is like, are you kidding me? How do you get a favor? The Rockies on the road. Justin, good I stuff, man. Justice.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's Sheffield. But hey, appreciate it.
2: Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. That's Justin Perry at Justin Perry Eight from Sports Line Baseball Gambler, pro gambler, and expert for Sports Line. Joining us here on pushing the odds. So he likes the uh, the run line tonight. I think that's a great bet. Fading the Orioles, or I mean, I mean, sorry, uh, fading uh, the Rangers, another bad team. But he like the A's tonight. Plus money at plus one hundred two. I, I think the over. I think the over Red Sox and the Rays over nine. I like that. I do. I think that that's a good play. All right. So the so Poland tied their game against Sweden. They have to win the game. They cannot tie or lose, or they're out. And then after being down two nothing and tying the game at two, they just gave up. The game-winning goal. Sweden scores in extra time in the 94th minute. Sweden with the game winner. And Poland will go home. They have to win that game. Poland will be knocked out. Heck of an effort for Poland to come back and tie the game at two. But they give up because they were pressing forward. They give up a, a rush. Sweden takes advantage. Sweden will win that match between Poland and Sweden. 3-2 in the 94th minute it's 5-0 spain by the way spain just destroyed like wow they got going and destroyed Slovakia. that game nearly over as well spain with five goals it's pushing the odds. more to come here on a wednesday
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: You're listening to Pushing the Odds. Live from Las Vegas, here's Matt Peralt.
2: So Jeff Gordon, the former driver, who now is currently a Fox Sports analyst for broadcasts for NASCAR, has announced he is leaving Fox Sports to dedicate himself Entirely to Hendrick Motorsports, where he'll take over the role of vice chairman, the number two in charge under Rick Hendrick. Bob Packers of Fox Sports is reporting this. Gordon will focus on competition and marketing. His new role will take effect on January 1st, 2022. So he'll be there for the remainder of this season, and then he will leave. So there's a pretty big hole there for the NASCAR broadcasts uh, coming up next year for Fox having Jeff Gordon step away from the microphone to go focus entirely on running Hendrick Motorsports or helping to run Hendrick Motorsports. And I, I'm i still waiting, and I haven't seen it yet, and I'm sure it's coming at some point down the line. But at some point, I, I do think there's going to be a lot more sports gambling influence on NASCAR. Golf has gone full-on into it. And golf, the joke is the PGA, the professional gamblers and alcoholics of America, like that gambling and golf go hand in hand. Gambling and NASCAR have not. But the money's out there. It's available. There's been small deals. I mean, I know the Action Network did a deal with NASCAR, and I know that the BetMGM has done a deal with NASCAR. I'm just I'm waiting for more. And I think as these teams start to like I could see Jeff Gordon being in the role that Wayne Gretzky is currently in for BetMGM. I could easily see that. And maybe if him being a broadcaster, he wouldn't be able to do that. So if he goes and runs, you know, runs Hendrick Motorsports, it would open him up to be a spokesperson of that nature, you know, involved in marketing, involved with Hendrick Motorsports, their vehicles, and having Jeff Gordon do, you know, commercials and whatnot, like Wayne Gretzky's doing. For for Bet MGM or a different sports book. It could easily see that. We have not seen that yet, but I think they think that's coming. If you're on SiriusXM, XM, you get lunchtime with Line Makers and Brian Blessing coming up on the other side. If you're on sports map radio, stick around. We got more to come on the games tonight next year on Pushing the Odds.
0: Lost in a sea of stats, averages, and injury reports. It's okay.